Hey guys, this is Yusuf out here in Phoenix. So I'm going to make this quick here as possible, but I thought the defense played fairly solid in the first half, keeping everything in front of them, keeping Atlanta from making big plays. There was a couple there to Kyle Pitts, but besides that, I thought it was pretty solid keeping the Falcons to 10 points going into the second half. Second half, on the other hand, was a completely different story. I thought we were too ultra-aggressive. I thought we were blitzing way too much. I get it. I get it. That's what Todd Bowles does, and I'm just a fan. I get it. But because our secondary is so banged up, I just I don't like that. But with that being said, the defense did step up, and they did do what they had to do to close out the game the way I know our defense can do and they did it two pick sixes that was fantastic the offense of course played fantastic as well um but like i said going back to the defense it's a lot of things to work on i know i said last week that i thought we played well on defense i I probably overstated that a little too much i just was trying to be positive because it was a first game and i was really excited and it was an entertaining game for the most part anyways guys i probably forgot something to say but as always those are just my thoughts and as always go Bucks. you are locked on buccaneers your daily tampa bay buccaneers podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast free and on all platforms. I am James Yarko, joined as always by David Harrison. You can check out everything that we are doing over at BucksNation.com. Make sure you follow along on Twitter at Locked On Bucks, at JayYarko underscore Bucks, at DHarrison82, and at Bucks underscore Nation. If you're looking for a Sunday pregame show that talks about every game and every team in depth, check out the Locked On NFL Sunday show live every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern. No sketches, no celebrity cameos, no fluff, just football every Sunday morning with hosts Cody Rourke and Ross Jackson. Follow and subscribe to Locked On Live on Twitter, Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube. Don't forget to turn on notifications so that you're notified when the show goes live every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. In week two of the 2021 NFL season, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers advanced to 2-0 after a 48-25 win, which included the Buccaneers running off 20 straight points against the Atlanta Falcons, who did at one point try to make a little bit of a comeback. Uh, Buccaneers had 28 points at the time. The Falcons narrowed it to three. So once again, the numbers 28-3 and ring in their ugly heads. And once again, Matt Ryan's Atlanta Falcons on the wrong end of fate when that happens. Uh, But the scoring in this game opened up when Tom Brady connected on a 20-yard touchdown pass to Rob Gronkowski, the future Hall of Fame tight end, capping off a six-play, 75-yard drive, which took just over two and a half minutes for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to drive right down the field and get points up immediately against the Atlanta Falcons defense. That would be all the scoring for the first quarter, but the second quarter, things opened up a little bit more starting with the Buccaneers scoring their second touchdown of the game, the second touchdown of the game from Tom Brady to Rob Gronkowski. This one from one yard out. The Atlanta Falcons then did get on the board as Cordero Patterson, running back Cordero Patterson, brought it in from 10 yards out. The Young Way Koo extra point made it 14-7 Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And then later in the second quarter, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers extended the lead back out as Mike Evans finally showing up for the 2021 season. It's only the second week, so it's not like it's been that long. 
but a three-yard touchdown as he boxed out his defender, went up for the rebound, brought it down for six points. Ryan Suckup made a 21-7 Buccaneers, and then Young Wei Koo nailed a 36-yard field goal near the end of the half to make it 21-10. Tampa Bay Buccaneers entering the half. In the third quarter, it was the it was time for the Atlanta Falcons to attempt that comeback. First, Tom Brady would find Mike Evans again for a one-yard touchdown, the second receiver of the game for the Buccaneers to have two touchdown catches in this game. 28-10 to 10 was the score after that, but then the Atlanta Falcons rattled off 15 straight points, closing the gap to 28-25 Tampa Bay, following a Matt Ryan pass to Calvin Ridley for three yards and another Matt Ryan pass to Cordero Patterson for seven yards, both again coming in the third quarter. In the fourth quarter, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers had enough fun toying with the Atlanta Falcons side to put them out of their misery. First, it was Tom Brady finding Chris Godwin in the back of the end zone. An amazing catch by the wide receiver, Chris Godwin. Number 14 in your programs, number one in your hearts course, made it 35-25. And then it was Mike Edwards, who not only returned one interception for a pick-six touchdown, but two interceptions. Uh, as many, many people, including the Buccaneers' own Twitter account, Carmen Vitale, uh, and some other members of Buccaneers staff mentioned a good day to be named Mike as Mike Edwards brought in two pick six touchdowns to seal the game for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on a day where Mike Evans also brought in two touchdown receptions to make his fantasy uh, people very, very happy. Get off the stat sheet snide, I guess if you want to call that, leading the game and receiving yards with 75 of them. James, before we get to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, of course, we do need to shine a little bit of light on what happened with the opponent. What were your thoughts on the Atlanta Falcons' performance in this game compared to what you expected from them coming into it over the weekend? Yeah, they did play a little bit better than I expected, but I, I fully expect this offense to continue to take a little bit more time to gel and to develop. And, and on the defensive side of the ball, they made some plays. You know, Tom Brady looked for Antonio Brown deep on two different plays and incredible pass breakups by Terrell there. And, and of course, one of them took him out of the game with a concussion because of the way he landed. But they're starting to get it. And I, I said it when I, I did a piece with the Falcoholic, the SB Nation page that covers the Atlanta Falcons. I said, look, I expect the Buccaneers to really run away with this one, but it's not indicative of what I think the Falcons are going to do season long. And it's not indicative of how I think the second matchup is going to go. I think the second matchup is going to be far closer than what we were going to see in week two. Granted, this one got a little close for comfort, but the Falcons are starting to put it together a little bit. And as I said, it's going to take some time for them to really get the scheme down and, and, and get the offense really going. But they've started to gel a little bit. And I like what I saw out of Kyle Pitts. Uh, Matt Ryan did a really good job for most of the game evading the Bucks pass rush. And for whatever reason, that pass rush just can't seem to get home. We'll talk about that later. But the Falcons are better than their 0-2 record. I think if the Falcons and the Saints played next week, the Falcons would probably beat them. Yeah, I mean, that's 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 a very accurate assessment, I think. I mean, I, I did predict this Atlanta Falcons team uh, to finish second place in the NFC South. Of course, Carolina Panthers are off to a 2-0 start, and I predicted them to be last in the division, so uh, kind of shows what I know, at least in the early part, but there's plenty of football left to play, and like you said, I mean, the, the Falcons team, even going back to week one, you know, if you go back and watch that loss to the Philadelphia Eagles, the stats are going to tell you it was, it was a miserable game. The final score is going to tell you it was a miserable game. And to be quite honest with you, there were very much, there were definitely stretches where it was a very miserable game. But you look at it, and it was a game where the Atlanta Falcons offense didn't give the ball away once. They had no turnovers in that game, and their first two drives ended inside of the Philadelphia Eagles' 10-yard line. They just didn't find ways to punch it in. 
Um, honestly, the very first drive, they actually found a way. Matt Ryan actually targeted Calvin Ridley in the end zone. Calvin Ridley falls down and the ball, you know, falls to the ground harmless. He doesn't get intercepted, but that's a touchdown right there. And that's a first drive touchdown. They would have driven right down the field on the Eagles. And, and you know, as much as well as I do, and everybody who watches football knows that those types of drives create momentum and mo momentum is very important. And, you know, you, you cap off that drive with the touchdown, that next one, that could catapult you into making a decision or the defense makes a decision that allows you to have another touchdown. Now, instead of six, nothing, you're leading 14, nothing against Philadelphia Eagles. And that game goes a very, very different way. But as it stands, uh, the Atlanta Falcons, you, you can see little glimmers here and there, some talent. I mean, Cordero Patterson, I think is, is, has been a pleasant surprise early on in the season for them. I mean, rushing wise, seven carries for 11 yards, not that impressive, but receiving wise, five catches, 58 yards. And that kind of shows you the versatility that he has a little bit in this Arthur Smith offense with the Atlanta Falcons. So the next time you see this team, it's going to be a different game. It's going to be a different, you know, they're going to be more comfortable with each other. And this Buccaneers defense, especially is going to have to perform better. Hopefully they're a little bit healthier. We'll get in to that part of the conversation, but overall, I mean, 48, 25 is the score. I don't agree with Greg Olson where he says that's not, it's not really indicative of how this game went. That is exactly how this game went is 48, 25, but it's not all because the Atlanta Falcons just didn't do good things. Um, we'll get into a bigger breakdown of where the Buccaneers took control of this game and maybe where the Atlanta Falcons lost control a little bit of this game. But meanwhile, Bucks fans, you know me, David Harrison, one of your hosts here at the Locks on Bucks podcast. And there is an incredible app that I need to tell everybody who buys gas because you need to know if you buy gas, which is pretty much everybody, right? It's called Get Upside. And it's interesting because I actually downloaded this app a couple of months ago, thanks to a friend of mine. Uh, but my listeners now, our listeners can make up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time you fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app. That's all one word. Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a 25 cent bonus per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. Just download the app for free. Again, use a promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other Browns brands. I know James loves those Amazon gift cards. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get that 50 cent per gallon cash back on your first tank. Once again, that's the app, GetUpside, promo code TOUCHDOWN. Cannon boys, what's up, man? This is Matt from Morvin, Georgia. Oh man, I'm about to sit down and eat me some of that cannon smoked dirty bird with extra victory gravy poured all on top of it. Mmm. -hmm. I tell you one thing though, the Falcons they uh they made this a game. They had me nervous there for a while, and I started to get pissed off. The uh, they they uh they held our pass rush there for a long time, but uh defense wind up coming through and sealing the deal in the end there. Mike uh Edwards with the with the two pick sixes there, that's that's amazing, man. I'm glad to see that for that young man. But I gotta tell you, he's gotta split the game ball for me with Bradley Pinion because to me, the thing that turned the tide on that whole game was that Bradley Pinion punt. Because it was just not looking good until that happened, and that just something seemed to click after that, and it was just lights out from that. But uh, good game. Can't wait to get to the warehouse in the morning and talk trash. 
The Autumn Dirty Birds. Go Bucks! Segment two here at the Locked On Bucks podcast. Victory Monday. Hearing from some of our good friends in Bucks Nation. Bucks fans celebrating a 48 to 25 Tampa Bay Buccaneers win over the Atlanta Falcons. Buccaneers now 2 and 0 with one win in the division. The Atlanta Falcons now 0 and 2 with a loss in the division. James here in segment two of our immediate analysis episode. We like to break down. Uh, again, our immediate analysis, right, of each side of the ball. Let's start with offense and get your thoughts on this week two Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense. Yeah, I mean, they looked like they could do whatever they wanted with the football early on. And then you have a bad turnover on a strip sack of of Brady. And then they had some moments where they started to stall. We saw, you know, a couple more three and outs, which was which was difficult. And and they went through a little bit of a lull there after they scored that early touchdown in the in the second half. But how many times did we say last week, you and I, and then I know Evan Klosky on, on our WTSP Wednesday episode, how many times did we tell everybody not to worry about Mike Evans? Um, about 132 times. Okay. And what did Mike Evans do? He goes out there and he scores two touchdowns. Gronk has two touchdowns. Chris Godwin had so far, I think the best catch of the year for the Bucks, not you know, not the catch of the year in the NFL, but for the Bucks, his touchdown catch was just absolutely phenomenal. Um, so the offense overall looks fine. Ronald Jones missed a, a blitz pickup, which which hurt, but he was running the ball really well. Leonard Fournette was running the ball really well, and they still haven't played you know a a great game you had some boneheaded penalties by Ryan Jensen and, and Rob Gronkowski on a bad false start and you know they haven't played a nice crisp clean game but overall how can you not love a team that has now set the NFL record for consecutive wins scoring 30 or more points with nine this is their 10th game in a row now with with a victory and their ninth in a row over 30 points it's incredible yeah i just want to i want to welcome everybody else to the 30 points or more train because i've been talking about this since the beginning of the regular season james how long the buccaneers have been putting up points on opponents and that's why you're a little bit less concerned about the defense the defense is going to figure out you got to have faith in todd bowles he is who he is for a reason this defense was what it was in the first place for a reason, let him get used to the weapons he has. Let him get used to the PCS because you gotta understand from, from a defensive standpoint, your scheme isn't just about how you're going to attack an offense or how you're gonna contain a weapon. It's about how each layer plays into the next. So when one of those layers has drastic changes to it, the entire scheme has to shift to a certain standpoint, uh, to a certain extent. And sometimes you're not gonna know where you need to make those tweaks until you get on the field. You know what I mean? So when you lose Sean Murphy bunting, like if you're Todd Bowles, you haven't developed a scheme for the secondary where Sean Murphy bunting isn't your starting cornerback on the outside. And oh, by the way, also your primary nickelback when when you're in when you're in your sub packages, you haven't developed that scheme because you haven't had to play with it yet. So that happens. And then Jamel Dean has some struggles. And then Carlton Davis comes up with a hamstring during the week. And then Jordan Whitehead is also out in the same time. Like, you know what I'm saying? So every time there is a layer of this defense that gets impacted by a penalty or a bad play or whatever it is, Todd Bowles is having to adjust his game plan. I know we were talking offense and I don't know. I didn't even mean to transition in defense, but that's going to take me James into the defensive analysis. And that's why I think we saw this defense get so aggressive there, especially towards the end of the first half. One, you don't want to let your opponent put up points towards the end of the first half, especially 
when they're going to get the ball back. You don't want to let them turn around, score point. You know, like it's like a snake draft. You don't want to give that to your opponent if you can avoid it. It didn't really go down the way they wanted to. Actually, it went down beautifully because in reality, it should have been uh, the first defensive touchdown. It should have been a fumble returned uh, for a touchdown because of Shaq Barrett getting off the line perfectly. Uh, not challengeable, not reviewable, whatever. So, I mean, it, it goes down the way it is. But at the end of the day, honestly, that aggression worked beautifully on that very first play. And the next plays, you know, it, it, again, nothing's going to work 100% of the time, all the time, whatever it is. But I like that aggression because if you have a secondary that's struggling, especially what do you want to do? You want to shorten the amount of time they're on the field because in the first three to five seconds of the rep, they're just in the pl- the, the play call. They're in the scheme. If, if they're on a if they're on a curl zone, they're in a curl zone. If they're in man coverage. They're in man coverage. The receiver comes off the line. They re- they're released. They run their stem. They run their break. Boom. It's it's very rudimentary, very basic football for a defensive back. Once you get outside the three to five second range, now it's freestyling. Now it's where is this guy supposed to be? Where is my help supposed to be? Where is this guy supposed to be? Now you're reading and you're reacting to the field and what's happening. And that is where having new pieces, missing pieces, injured pieces comes into play. So when you're a defense coordinator, the faster I can make this this quarterback get rid of the ball, the better it is for the pieces out there, the Ross Cockrells of the world, the Jamel Deans of the world, who aren't necessarily going to hold up in coverage for five, six seconds. So I think that's why you saw that uptick in aggression from the Buccaneers defense is because they're trying to shorten the amount of time that those lesser experienced or those highly targeted guys have to be on the field. And honestly, in large part, it worked. What didn't work was the complimentary football factor, right? Again, you you get you if you're on the field for a long scoring drive, you come off, you need time to one rest, you need time to communicate, you need time to make adjustments. But when your offense is out there for three, four, or five plays and they come right off the field, that kind of shrinks that time a little bit. I'm not saying it's the offense's fault that we're not getting sacks and all that. Honestly, my quick answer to that, James, so I can give you time to fill in the rest of this segment is offenses are throwing quicker against this Buccaneers defense this year because they know what to expect now from Todd Bowles. They know what to expect from this starting 11 because it's the same starting 11 they had last year. You see what this defense did to have success, and what did they do? Exotic blitzes. That's how they had all the success they had in that late stretch of the year. So so offenses are expecting it. We can either try to beat it, right, block it, protect it, or we can try to avoid it the same way the Dallas Cowboys did. We talked about this last week. The Atlanta Falcons were going to see something the Dallas Cowboys did and try to bring that into their own offense. I think we saw that today with a lot of quick design throws that Matt Ryan was trying to get later in the game when they needed to come back and they needed to get the plays. You saw Matt Ryan hold on to the ball a little bit. And what happened? Pressure happened. Hits happened. Deflections, interceptions, touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, we saw Dallas lay it out perfectly. They laid out the blueprint. You get that ball out as fast as possible. You neutralize the Buccaneers pass rush, and you try to defeat a weakened secondary. Carlton Davis was nowhere close to 100% in this game, not even a little bit. He went down on the second play. He left the field a second time. Jamel Dean went down a couple of times. This is a beaten and battered secondary, and it's only week two. So the faster you get that ball out, the you know the more you can allow your playmakers to make plays when you guys have when you have guys like Pitts and Ridley and even Gage was hobbled out there but he was making plays Cordell Patterson where was this guy you know he was absolutely fantastic and all of a sudden it's like you know a completely different player hot tip go ahead and place like a low wager if you're in a fab system claim 
claim Patterson in your fantasy league because he's involved in the offense. He's involved in every aspect of the offense. He's catching passes. He's getting handoffs. Pick him up. He he needs to be rostered. But anyway, um, it was it was frustrating to see the pass rush not get there because Devin White had a couple of opportunities. He had Matt Ryan wrapped up and somehow missed the tackle because, you know, slippery, elusive Matt Ryan with his sheer athleticism that puts Lamar Jackson to shame was able to escape that sack. But as you said, the pressure late in the game was getting to him. It was leading to deflections. It was leading to takeaways. And that's what the Bucs needed to do. But early in these games, the secondary needs to figure out a way to shut down these passes because they're coming out of the quarterback's hands quick. And that could be a problem going up against the Los Angeles Rams. But then again, Sean McVay likes the deep ball. So Matt Stafford might be sitting back there for a little while. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, a lot of action in this game, a lot of action in a lot of games. Speaking of which, as you mentioned, Lamar Jackson's name, Tyre Matthew intercepts Lamar Jackson on Sunday night football takes back for a pick six. So, uh, honey badger, don't care. care. But I'll tell you what honey badger might care about. And that is his entertainment, his television programming. And let me ask you guys out there. This sounds familiar. If you've got one device, that lets you catch the game live. Another lets you stream your favorite shows. If you're watching sports highlights on your phone. You've got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff. I've actually been wondering, James, what this good stuff is that they're referring to. But anyway, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream. I actually just watched uh, the Buccaneers game on my computer on Direct TV Stream on Sunday. It brings you live TV on demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. It means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at DirecTV.com. That's DirecTV.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. While you're watching that good stuff, it uh, wouldn't hurt to unwrap a delicious built bar and have yourself a nice little snack. You know the flavors, coconut, cherry, coconut, almond, raspberry, mint, brownie, peanut butter, brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. There is something for everyone. And if you don't know what your favorite flavor is, go ahead and order a mix box and you're going to get two of each of those flavors. Not only are Built Bars the best tasting protein bar, but they are good for you. The flavors have 17 to 18 grams of protein, 130 to 180 calories, four to five grams of sugar, four to five grams of net carbs. Go to built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you're going to get 15% off your order. Again, promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% off at built. Dot com. What's up, Dave? What's up, James? It's Grico. So far, what I'm seeing from these Buccaneers is we still have our best ball in front of us. A lot of self-inflicted wounds, some bad tackling, some ugliness going on, which means this team has so much more growth to do, and they can be so much better, which also means teams have to play perfect to beat us. The talent is too deep. I'm loving what I'm seeing. I'm loving these wins. Go Bucks. Wrapping things up here on a Monday edition of the Locked On Bucks podcast. James Yarko, David Harrison on Twitter at JYarko underscore Bucks at DHarrison82. David, let's talk about our plays and players of the game in our initial reaction episode here. 
And uh, I guess I'm going to kick things off here with my play of the game. And it's going to be pick six, Mm -hmm. number one for Mike Edwards. At the time, it was still a little bit of a tight race. The Falcons were still in it. The deficit was only 10 after the Chris Godwin touchdown. Plenty of time on the clock for the Falcons to be able to still mount a comeback. And Mike Edwards with the dagger play picking off Matt Ryan. That was Ryan's second interception of the game to that point. That was the first time that Matt Ryan has had a three interception performance against the Buccaneers. But Mike Edwards stepping up big for the Bucs with a pick six there to seal the game. And then, you know, the cherry on top, he went and got another one. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's a great play. I think that's the play I probably would have picked if you didn't pick it. So I'm glad uh, that I got some love and one of us picked it. So I'm going to go on the offensive side of the ball and I'm going to go with the Chris Godwin touchdown uh, for one, not only, you know, obviously in, in a, in a somewhat uh, game that was going to become closer, obviously, Without that touchdown catch, you know, it's possible they still score anyway, but I don't know if it was on a third down. I can't remember off the top of my head or not, but either way, you want to see them get that score. That's what helps kind of keep the Falcons during their comeback bid. They never take the lead, and that's kind of the most important part, I think. But not only that, just the physical talent and and the athleticism that are required to make that catch going up, high pointing the ball, running into the, the corner of the end zone as the ball is flying up over his head, having to jump, turn as he's jumping, the coordination, make the play, and then absorb the contact with the ground as he's coming down, secure the catch, score the touchdown. And, I mean, it's Chris Godwin. Obviously, you know, uh, a few struggles in week one, that fumble, uh, so like that, a little bit of redemption in in that he set up the game-winning field goal in week one. But we mentioned it earlier in the week before this game. We wanted to see Chris Godwin come up with a scoring play or a big play for his team to kind of get a little bit more redemption and of course, earlier in the game, there was a drop that you know everybody would expect Chris Godwin to not drop a pass like that, including Chris himself. So to see him come down with net, then a harder catch in, in the scale of difficulty later on, uh, great to see for the Buccaneers. And then, of course, a score that, again, helps keep the Falcons from ever taking a lead, even as they uh, threatened to take the lead. So that's going to be my play of the game. My player of the game in this one, James, maybe just as easy as the the play of the game that you you mentioned uh, is one of the mics, and it's going to be Mike Evans. I mean, this is a guy that, listen, I traded Mike Evans in my fantasy football league. I know there's going to be Bucks fans How out there that are super you? angry at me for doing so, but I traded Mike Evans. It was a good trade for me. It was a good trade for the other guy. It gave me, it, it bolstered my running back room. Didn't hurt my wide receiver room too much. Anyway, I'm not going to justify myself. Listen, I traded Mike Evans, and that guy messaged me last week and said, bro, what did you do to me? If, if I find out you knew this was going to happen, da, 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 like I have some insight. Like I knew the Bucs weren't going to tar- target Mike Evans against the Dallas Cowboys. And I told him, like, chill. Don't bench him. Don't try to trade him for something cheap. Just trust me. You're going to have really great games for Mike Evans. Five catches, 75 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, again, with the Rob Gronkowski show going on early on, the Mike Evans show going on early on, the, the Atlanta Falcons, even as they were coming back, James, you just always kind of had the feeling, and Greg Olson and the commentator team even said it on television that this it, it was never going to be an Atlanta Falcons game. There it was going to be a Bucks game. Something was going to happen. They were going to figure it out one way or another. And Mike Evans was a big part of that today. Absolutely, there's there's no doubt about it. And as much as I want to go with Mike Edwards, uh, you have to. My player of the game has to be Tom Brady. This guy is still undefeated against the Atlanta Falcons. He throws for 276 and five touchdowns. He has nine touchdown passes in his first two weeks. 
and I'm currently working on a trade to try to get Tom Brady on my fantasy team. All it's going to cost me is Ezekiel Elliott, who was my first round pick and a couple of other pieces. You know, it's going to be a multiplayer trade, but um, he's on a ridiculous pace right now. And as Greco said, you know, the best ball is ahead of the Bucks. So Tom Brady will only continue to get better, but you love to see the first two games of this season being against teams that Tom Brady's never lost to, and he still hasn't lost to them. Uh, it's the low hanging fruit, but you gotta, you gotta give the guy credit on a 275 yard, five touchdown performance. Um, there, there could be a couple more game balls handed out here, but David, that is going to do it for our immediate reaction slash analysis episode. More tomorrow on the fallout of this game. Thank you to Greco, Yousef, and Matt for calling in. Matt, make sure you uh, save us some of that cannon-smoked dirty bird. And uh, David, I don't know if you saw Matt's cannon fire video on Twitter that he's already posted. I already retweeted it from my account, but he blew up a bag of Atlanta Falcons Tostitos. Bravo, sir. Nice. Well done. Nice. Until tomorrow, of course, you can check out everything David and I are doing over with BucksNation.com. Follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JayArco underscore Bucks, at DHarrison82, and at Bucks underscore Nation. If you have any thoughts or reactions to the game, make sure you email us at LockedOnBucksPodcast at gmail.com or give us a call at 813-444-5888. For one betting on the NFL doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new locked on bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert, Lee Sterling, get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team, favorite picks and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the locked on bets podcast brought to you by BetOnline.ag or wherever you get your podcast. Hope you have an absolutely outstanding victory Monday. Stay safe, stay healthy, wash your hands, be good to each other. 